Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for a choo-choo-choo, a choo-choo-choo, and spun. Trains, planes, and craziness at Park Board continues. We can never get away from it. Okay, we have to start hyper-local. Um, <laughs> yes. For the, for the people who love it when we, or who say, please talk more about Surrey and less about Vancouver, <laughs> rumor has it, yes. depending on when you're listening or watching this, rumor has it that the province will be making the decision on the Surrey Police Services versus Surrey RCMP, whether mm-hmm. there will be that transition or the transition back or whatever. Whatever's right. costing Surrey a billion dollars right now, a decision is imminent. <laughs> so, uh, but the sources are saying that it's coming on your Friday, depending on when you're watching or listening to this Unspun podcast. Hopefully, you've gone to unspunpodcast.com and you get it direct to your email. So you got it on Thursday, like boom, like this, like that. <laughs> Thanks to my team at Curve, helping That's me it. get your stuff your out. Curve Communications. Okay, so but lots going on in Vancouver City Hall. Like a once lot. again, I, once again, not a quiet. I, I was thinking this morning, getting up, oh, I think what are we going to talk about? There's not much going on. And then I made a little list. I'm like, oh man, there's a whole bunch of things happening, especially like literally this morning, some stuff we'll talk about. So and let's go first and foremost with something that I think is confusing for people yes. when we start using acronyms of things and processes and programs, and people are like, what's Vandy? <laughs> uh, Vancouver Area Network Drug User, something like that. I forget, to be honest. I think it's a Vancouver Area network of drug users so in support of those who struggle with addiction yes that that's funding for a group vandu is a group of people who do what i'm just looking it up i love it i I, well i don't want to get it wrong because you know that's right let's go in real time Um, let's go in real time so uh is vancouver area network of drugs is that what i said of drug users you did you did so it's a group of former users who work to improve the lives of people who use drugs through user-based peer support and education. So, yeah. Okay, that sounds good, right? Yeah. So yeah. why would why would the city council and um, Vancouver City Council be like, yeah, no? Well, they gave funding for them to uh, clean up the streets in our downtown east side area. So it was a funding mechanism for the organization in order to – obviously funding for that kind of organization organization would be tough to get – like where would the money come from? So the city, in its wisdom, some years ago, created this program for uh, micro cleaning. They call it, and they would then clean the streets. These people would go from that organization. They would get paid. I think it was twenty dollars an hour. They would pay them through the through the organization to go out there and micro clean. And, uh, and micro clean means you know I don't know what that means to be honest. I, I clean there's cleaning. I, I said this on Global a couple of weeks ago. I said what what is my when I tell my kid to clean his room. Uh, I mean, clean your room. So when the, when right. I pay the city taxes, uh, and they're saying, "Well, we need we're going to have somebody else micro clean," I'm like, "Hey, ho, ho, hey, uh, clean the streets, Vancouver the city. Yeah, that's what I'm paying you for." So, anyways, it's a it was in my mind it was and and it's not anything against that organization. It was a funding mechanism for them to be able to operate, and uh, as it turns out, maybe they weren't doing a good enough job on the cleaning. And so the city's decided to take that money back and put it out for tender. I was listening to Mayor Ken Sim in council, the clip of him speaking about why the -hmm. funding was going to be redirected um, because there was a lack of 
of accountability as to how they were being at all impactful. Mm -hmm. um, then I saw um, one of the representatives from Vandu say, you know, what we do is important and it's necessary. And, mm -hmm. and, and I don't know for sure what microcleaning means. I'm, you know, if we're going to use the analogy of, you know, getting the teenager, because we both have similarly aged teenagers. Um, if the, if the example is to go clean up your room, it's like, I'm not just asking you to take out the pizza that you've shoved under or your, your dirty bed. socks or whatever. I want you to actually put the laundry, in, yeah. you know, completely in the laundry room or whatever. And where your computer um, is, uh, I want that dusted. It seems like that's you and I. I every see you, bro. corner. I see you, bro. <laughs> but I mean, our, our, was the was the goal maybe? And I don't know for sure, but I, I dig into this a bit more. But was the mm -hmm. goal maybe to have a cleaning team that was less disruptive to people who might be marginalized or living with addiction, and maybe need a more gentle way than a big truck coming through, spraying down the edge of the sidewalk, and maybe taking out their tent. Well, yes and no. I mean, there's another program that the BIAs get, and they get funding for you. So you see those guys as well down in the downtown core. And all, all BIAs, they get funding to then hire people who are right. uh, in various need, need, you know, situations, and it's a great program. So this this one was specifically for the downtown east side. So, yeah, I guess you could argue that they had a better connection with the people and, be, and would be harassed less or harassed, as right. I used to be forced to say on CBC when I worked there. Harassed. Harassed. Um, and, uh, <laughs> we'll get into interesting CBC stuff later. That, on that was pretty century. cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, maybe, but I, I, I think we look at the downtown East side and we go, it's a failure at every level with regards to tents, regard to cleanliness, regard to, you know, graffiti, alley, everything. I mean, it's just not working clearly. You brought, you brought up graffiti and the new, uh, plan for Chinatown. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a, that's a big pivot, the, the shift, the investment there. Some of the stories, I mean, not surprisingly, I mean, the foot traffic basically disappeared in Chinatown. And if you haven't been down there, if you're a mm -hmm. BC resident, if you're a Metro Vancouver resident, you haven't been down to Chinatown for a while. I, I highly recommend that you go yeah. um, and, and brace yourself because it's shockingly different. Um, mm -hmm. I feel for the businesses that continue to struggle down there to try and find a way, but you know, with not being able to find a place for parking versus, you know, trying to trying to afford to be able to go downtown um, mm -hmm. in the current economy. Like, there's all these reasons, but the graffiti and the crime and the well, and then there's know, the, the natural attrition, attrition that's happening. I think yeah. Chinatown was always a challenge when I was in office, and it's always been a challenge politically uh, for any neighborhood. Uh, you know, neighborhoods evolve and what is the role of government when the neighborhood evolves? You look at the role of Chinatown in its form from when I was a kid, which was, you know, you, it was a very busy shopping district for all, you know, yeah. very specific. We went there weekly. Food, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now, yeah. and then TNT comes along and they've got a big store down there. And then Richmond of course grows up and now people go to Richmond generally to do their shopping, sure. uh, you know, Asian uh, generally who are, who would have gone to the, to the, to Chinatown. So you have this natural evolution of, people's habits and so there's that right. can you possibly turn back the clock and turn chinatown into what it was uh and, and then there's the argument that always with the disney disneyfication disney disneyfication yeah turning yep. it into like a disneyfication yeah disneyfication turning chinatown into kind of like a really fake chinatown uh right. and there's a fine balance how do you do that and there's of course these these there's social societies that are down there that are very entrenched in the community in a good way um, it's, it's associations and things like that. And then there's, of course, 
you know, other organizations and there are some shops down there, but a lot of empty shops as well. And then couple that with the horror of the, the, what we see in the downtown East side and the, and the crime and the mess right. and all that stuff. And so, gas town. So talking about gas town, yeah. downtown East side, yeah. Chinatown, it's, it's basically flanking and the lack of development, frankly, in the flats down there in Intended. Falls Creek. Well, right? the flats and, and, and downtown East side in general, the, the, the community plan is downsize is low density, uh, only social housing, no private, no no strata, no nothing. So that wow. inte- you know, if you believe in a mixed community, it, the the community plan for that neighborhood is intentionally against a mixed community. It's intentionally for renters only and for low income housing. Yeah, wow. There's a lot to unpack there. No, it's yeah. not. It's really not. speaking of not working. Yes. Um, park board. Well, you know, it's working and it's not working. And uh, I think they got a little taste of park, this new park board, the ABC gang there, got a little taste of uh, of what it's like to be in power and what it's like when the media turn against you. Uh, and when one yeah. counts, one commissioner who's the Green Party um, guy uh, is pretty, he's pretty effective in his opposition style. Um, as is, you know, Christine Boyle this week, we'll talk a bit about that on council. You know, and I'm, I'm, I know this game. I know this game. And if you, and you know, we're having been journalists, a journalist myself, and you know, you, you got to, you get the, you get the set up, you knock it down, right? You set up the story, then you knock it down. You set it up, knock it down. That's basic journalism. So you get one side, you get the other side. Say the opposite. Yeah. That's that's good. That's journalism. Um, yeah. In this, everybody gets form. heard. Yeah, basic that's right. Form. And you want to make sure form. that that guy saying that, but maybe it's somebody else against that. So you know, we have a situation here on a couple of levels. One is. Uh, there's two issues that came up. Well, three kind of one is the train and what's going on with that. And why can't we get that thing up and running and what a mess. This is a little choo-choo train. And that's my reference to the top of the show. You know, right. This has been a disaster undertake. It's, it's a metaphor in some ways of the management of the park board of the last 15 years, just incompetence, really just especially terrible. the last four. Yeah. Well, and, and no, it's been going on for a while. They've, they've, it has been going on for a while, but, that, but the whole year, for sure. overgrowth yeah. garbage, like the, we're just going to yes. let everything grow wild for the bees That's right. is ultimately it's like, okay. It's the broken windows concept, right? Just, broken you know, window. you know, for don't paint your house and yeah. you don't paint your house on my, on my street. Then I don't paint my house and the whole neighborhood goes to shit. So, oops. Um, E-rating. Um, so, yeah, so there's the train as a sort of metaphor. Then there's the bike lane removal, and there's this challenge I think that they're facing. It's like, oh my god, this is going to cost a lot of money to remove this, and what? How do we? You know, they're battling this situation about not removing it as quickly as perhaps some people would like, and only remove a part of it. They're going to get a study, and and so of course, from an opposition, I don't point want of a view, study. I don't want to study. Uh, well, I don't want to. Be, a, you know, you know what's going to happen though. The study is going to cost for a fortune. The plan is simple, George. The plan is to take the park and put it back the way it was before. Yeah. And whatever the cost is for that, I can only imagine what the cost was to install it. I can only imagine. We'll and never it know, happened perhaps. in a day. We'll never know exactly, which is mm-hmm. broken. That is a mm-hmm. pro- that is a huge problem and part of what needs to be the story here and isn't. What the cost has been yeah. of the hijacked agenda of this yeah. particular governing body, this unique to Vancouver governing body that has been radicalized in ways that have just destroyed <laughs> our parks. I'm so angry. I, you can't I didn't go, know that, Jody. But you can't go up. <laughs> I am so mad. But it's not just about bike lane storage. You, you, it's about the minutia now. We're going to have, do you know the man hours, the wasted time, the cost of just... 
heating the building and lighting the room and renting the space where people sit down and debate whether or not we should remove the garbage. Like, you know, take out I the will garbage. Say you've, you've, you've come on an idea that I think the ABC gang should think about from a comms point of view is they really should have released that how much it did cost. That should be their first set saying, you know how much it cost to put this crappy bike lane in that was half-assed and you know, this much money. And it's going to, and, and unfortunately because of mismanagement uh, we have to spend this much money to get out of it. But you know what? We're not going to do that again. We're not going to waste money like that. We're going to do it right. right. And I'm sorry that they did that. But the challenge they have, they have no cat. They have a real cash problem. They have a real park board. Cause there's well. nowhere have, to make money. Cause I know, you can't park can't your mar- car. Parking, but they have a, oh. only a certain amount of, they can't just tax as easy as the city can. I know. So, so the it. other issue though that came up, and this is, you know, Jordan from uh, Global, um, Jordan Armstrong. Jordan Armstrong yeah. did a story. It, it, somewhat, I mean, it was just a frustrating story because it, it's like, oh my god, not this again. But it was more coming from staff that were not willing to go on camera, not willing to speak to any of the issues really. And I think that's a, an issue that you know this 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 closed mindedness, this lack of willingness to communicate properly from management at so park who board. hires them that's well that's the part the park board commissioners are the final dis- on the G- gm for certain right so and, so and let's let's level. talk about that because well, we don't want to get too much into has- that but i would say they need to address management style whether it's whether it's donnie rose who's the gm or whether it's other senior managers that needs to be addressed they need if they want to spend some time and i'm, I'm betting they are is that they they need to analyze their staffing situation. And they're going to have to make some tough decisions. Whether they make them or not, that's the ultimate uh, decision. They have the power to do it, but it's going to be expensive. You know, if they decide to get Fine. rid of some senior staff, you're talking, you know, crazy money. Well, I mean, crazy money is being spent doing not what they're hired to do. And I don't, I'm not talking about any specific person, but communicating, informing, and, and keeping up and maintaining our parks in this mm-hmm. city is the job. Mm-hmm. If I don't do my job, I'm fired. So, you know, whatever that looks like, and it's really crappy that, that these systems are set up that people who don't do their jobs well get fired and then get paid for years or big, big buyouts and payouts and what have you. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's all of that money piece, George, is, it makes me crazy because at the end of the day, what good is all of this money being spent on all of this employment when the actual end result isn't done even remotely? Like in our lifetimes, you and I in our 50s have, can remember a time when parks in the city were that of, of, of envy across not just Canada, but the world. Like mm-hmm. our parks were these places and spaces and now you go there and it's sad and you only have to go across boundary road into burnaby to see how good beautiful parks i mean they're 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 if the pools are you know it's like it's crazy it's just incompetent that's the biggest point politically staff wise whatever misdirection misguided uh energies and focus and that is the best point you've made ever that's the best point you've made ever. Wow, that's saying something because I've made some pretty amazing points. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> you're pretty smart, George, but that's why I like talking to you because it calms me down. I feel like I'm <laughs> being it? gaslit. Really? I feel like I'm being gaslit by how our park board is set up, and that's not a slight <laughs> against the people there and right now. It's yes. about the the constant. I just said prior to starting uh, hitting record today on this podcast, I said to you, it's exhausting. 
And I'm looking mm-hmm. at Jordan Armstrong getting attacked by people within it, you know, because mm-hmm. he's saying a, a privately owned family run choo-choo train does not cost what it costs to have that train in Stanley Park where families come in from all over the province, you know, all over the city, all over Vancouver. Some even ride their bikes there just to go on the train. You know I how much going here's, on that train Here's a little a factoid. Here's a little it. factoid. Uh, remember the train, that little uh, old train that used to go from Granville Island to the to Olympics, uh, to Olympic Station? I loved it. Yeah. yeah. You know uh, you know how much that costs a city per year to run? Totally. $80,000. $80,000. Because it was run by volunteers. And so, you know, the city contributed a bit of money and they lent a, a space for the, the facility for them to park in. And it was run by volunteers. It was fantastic. And then Vision it cut, it, cut their funding and the guys, the volunteers said, well, we can't. We can't do it for free. We can't pay it out of our pockets, and and it was ridiculous. I was I was so uh, I know it wasn't ideal. It's not transit. It's it's it was a, a tourist attraction for the city, and it took people. It right. actually did some good work taking people from Granville Island to a train station that was sort of a long yeah. walk. If you're and they and if you were down on what, but if you were down coming off a cruise ship and you hopped on Waterfront Station and yep. you landed there yes. at a Cambian. Sixth Avenue, and then you take it over to Granville Island, and then you come across on the little ferry, and then you walk through the downtown core, and you're back at your cruise ship. This is what we're doing. And that takes us back to Chinatown, because it is Mm -hmm. with the cruise lines coming back and all that starting up again. And don't get me started on the cruise ships as Mm -hmm. as a thing. But that brings in a lot of tourism. And Chinatown is about tourism dollars. Mm -hmm. They're not going to Richmond. The people that mm-hmm. come into Vancouver and want to see the Disneyfication or whatever. I used to go to San Francisco all the time. I loved going to my folks live down there. Yeah. And I would always go to Chinatown. We'd go down and have dim sum lunch or we'd go down mm-hmm. and have a, you know, a, a delicious bowl of soup or whatever. Yeah. And that's one of the destination pieces. And, and it's just all of it is so, I guess, we're just going to have to get used to the fact that this last four years has really hit us where we live. Let's talk about the province now and, mm-hmm. and, uh, Oh no, we got to get to the rental thing first. The rental funding. Well, clo- uh, yeah, their city, what, of- their city announced this week they're closing the what's it called the rentals office? I think something like that. Yeah, it was created. Isn't that vision. where? That's where people who have problems with their rentals could go to find out what action they could take. Right. That's what I'm sure. I mean, I think the province has something like that because they oversee the rental system in yeah. British Columbia. So, so their decision was to remove that uh, office and take that funding and put it towards other nonprofits in the city, not to cut the funding, but to remove it somewhere else to people who are competent in potentially helping the actual rental community, as opposed to a politically motivated, uh, you know, front for caring, which it was, you know, of course, renters are important. They're 50% of the homes in a city are, are rented. 55. Yeah. Five. No, it used to be 50. That's because of all the, uh, all the grants that the city gave uh, (laughs) develop private developers to build the last 15 years anyways um that they didn't need because guess what you make a lot of money on rental um so they um yeah so they closed the office so you know somewhat of a brave move it's gonna it's it's certainly uh feeds into a narrative for those uh people who are who would want to position abc as conservative and not centrist Mm. and and that will be their challenge and uh you know seeing uh, i think mike classen who's city councilor being the sort of face of it is interesting you know i would say that he was very involved in the the development for the arts community for uh he's the chair of the board of the oh my god i'm totally blanking on the name it's built built a rental housing for for artists retired artists 
and right. there's one in Cole Harbor and there's one in New West, I think. So, or Burnaby. Anyways, uh, but he's also maybe, I would say, somewhat more conservative than perhaps his other other counselors on the political spectrum based on my my personal interactions with him. With them. And I know yeah. Mike from yeah. way back. I know Mike. Um, yeah. But he's also a pragmatist, of course. But I know, know him so, from BC Care Providers. So I don't, right. I don't necessarily know him that's as a right. conservative. So, I know him as a fiscally conservative yeah. person and, who's trying to find a way to spend the dollars in a meaningful way. So, you know, yeah, depending so my guess on is what this looked like. Yeah. Putting that on him because there's always already that perception. He can take that heat yeah. so the mayor doesn't have right. to. Uh, it's a strategic it. move in my mind, and it's probably a good one. Mm. But you know, I think it's, you, I think looking at those organizations, I think I, I, although they're not saving us any money yet so far that I've seen, whatever they're doing, it's all right. they're still just move, they're just moving the money around. And I'm going as a taxpayer. And I think everybody else is going. Okay, but is that you know? Am I hearing that taxes are going to go up another seven to ten percent this year? Is that what I'm hearing, or more? Because that's not cool. <laughs> so I think this is the challenge when we get the when we get into budget time, which is, you know, it's later. That's than what usual. I was going to say, but you said do it later, right? Like yeah, that, so that was yeah. your advice to this council was to, to don't rush to the budget. Mm-hmm. And it feels what it feels like to me right now is that they're unpacking Pandora's yeah. box, right? <laughs> yeah. They're, they're actually unfolding the layers Pandora's of box, what, there's another 10 Pandora boxes. <laughs> and there's no, there's no denying that. Yeah. Right. It's a mess. I actually said that to somebody. Who's I talking to? Because we got David Eby coming on Steel and Vance tonight at eight o'clock. Oh, yeah. And they, for whatever reason, instead of hearing David Eby, they heard the mayor instead of premier. I said, the premier's coming on. Oh, well, it's about time he came on. I'm like, no, yeah, I invited him and he's coming on. Oh, you're thinking Ken Sim because we were supposed to have Ken Sim on weeks ago. And for whatever reason, we're unavailable, uh, mm-hmm. unable to get the mayor to come on. Hmm. We hmm. we got all the way to yes, and then he canceled at the last minute. As people were like, "Oops, there was double booked." Da da da. Whatever. Anyway, sure. But but <laughs> I in, in all of that, I said I'm not really surprised that the mayor's hard to get right now because there are a lot of jobs I wouldn't want in this world, and that is one of them. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Much, I right? think that he's uh, he's you know, and he's got a steep learning curve on the comm side. This isn't you know, it uh, he doesn't come from communications background. You know, for me, it was when I was in office, it was, it was an easy transition to be talking in front of a camera because I'd been in communications yeah. and being a journalist. That's how we know TV. each other. Yeah. So, yeah. but if you've never really done that every day and been in a scrum, it's scary. And to be drilled by competent journalists is scary. So, you know, that's, a, but you know what, you got to, the only way to learn, it's got to throw yourself in there. And then if you don't have yeah. an answer, don't make it up. Just say, I don't know. I'm going to get back to you on right. that. That's a good question. Right. I, you, that's all you can do. Don't make it up, uh, or just and say sometimes the same things those over good, and over again, which is what most politicians do. Right, which is very frustrating. Or they eat up all the time. I'm just going to. I'm not going to tell you about something else. Let me tell you about all the things that I'd like to get out to the people. No, but I like I like your point, and and hi hi Mayor Sim, when he watches this or listens to this, he will hear that piece of advice, which is I think. The refreshing piece that will resonate with voters now is when a when a politician says, you bring up a very good point and I'm going to look into that and I will circle back with you or I will get back to you on that or I'll have my people give you that information, whatever that yeah. answer is, because you're not expected to know everything about everything, oh, but you, you do have to answer the question. So back to what we were talking about uh, with regard to Pandora's box that is being unpacked. Mm-hmm. 
what I am enjoying about this current uh, administration versus the prior is the regular steady information stream from the 42 communications people. Um, <laughs> Are there still 42 or there are 62 I don't or there know. 12? I'd like to know that, please. That, that I would like to know that. We should release. find that out. Yeah. Let's find out from Patrick. Please, let's, let's uh, ABC the, Vancouver, send out a press release about how many staff there actually are in the communications so we don't uh, have to keep making it up uh, and guessing the number based on right. historical data from when I was there. So. It's doing, we want the line items, right? We want the line items. We want to know what the budgets are. It feels right. to me like, like many, many do when walking into a new situation, whether it be in politics and policy or any job is when you have to look and go, wow, this is way not what, I was told it was. So um, mm -hmm. figuring that out, or, we have to do that together. Or, or you go, this is way, this is not what I would, but it actually, I understand now why it's that much money. Right. So, right. you know, right. I think that's, that's it, it, it can brings be a different level. It can be helpful. Yeah. But, you know, it is a mess that, that budget, because there are people that, from a sta staffing point of view, that cross over into different departments. So if you said, to, if I said to you, or to the finance department, I want the budget for the communications department, and so they'd have to go, okay, well, yeah, sure, there's 43 stuff there, but there's one over there, and there's two there, and there's one there, and then there's this much budget going to this department, and there's an advertising budget right. over there, and there's this and that. Right. And so, but you know what? That's what corporations do. You you put yeah. these financials, and, and they do have the numbers. Uh, they, of course they do. They're not tagging them properly. <laughs> they need to yeah. perhaps improve the way they uh, track all their money. Yeah. Let's talk provincially a bit. Did you see the protest in front of David Eby's... Uh... Yeah, and I think this Broadway. will lead into our final brief topic, an international yeah. one, because being a politician, you know, sucks uh, because you take a lot of pressure. And I, I just this protest, so specifically against, you know, it's obviously the truckers, right? The anti-vaxxers or what? Awful. Is this still an issue? Are we still talking about this? <laughs> I saw a truck go by because I drove by it. I drove by yeah. it when it was it was set up and people were screaming about how David Eby's going to get fired because of C36 and blah, blah, blah. Like it was just, right. but a truck went by that said COVID kills 99 or COVID survival rate, 99.7%. That was written on the side of a big white truck with two upside down Canadian flags, mm -hmm. all of it. Like it just honking horns and the whole nine. And I'm just thinking to myself, what the hell's wrong with you people? Like, <laughs> well, I saw, I saw. But even in the 99.7 number, like, okay, so 3% of the world's population is how many millions of people? Like. I saw a joke. I seriously? forget who sent it to me. Or if it was like, uh, man got hit by a car, fell off a bridge. Uh, COVID, COVID is the reason or something like that. It's like yeah. COVID va or vaccination is, is why. Vaccination. You, what? But look at car, China. Fell off a bridge, but no. it's because he got vaccinated is why he that happened. You know, you look at China and and the, their, mm -hmm. the fact that they're screaming for mRNA vaccines over there because that's why so many people are dying. Millions and millions of people are dying over there right now. Like the numbers we'll are, are crazy. We'll never know. New, we'll never know. But there's new science that is coming out now about long COVID and how being vaccinated is the number one thing to protect from long COVID being longer. It doesn't prevent everything. The people who want to scream that you still get COVID when you're vaccinated. Yeah. We know, mm -hmm. we know, but you also survive it. And you mm -hmm. also have, you know, I'm two weeks into my fifth dose and, and I will keep getting vaccinated. And I'm mad at the people that yell and scream and honk their horn with disinformation um, anywhere they go. But it's like this politician vitriol 
like nastiness that they're throwing out there. Like it's makes next you not want to be a politician, almost like, uh, like a, certain, not, in, a certain leader in New Zealand. Yes, Yacinda Ardern. She just said, "I can't, I can't do it I, anymore." Around the fuel in the tank, I think is her quote. Uh, you know, and and, yeah. and 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 a little bit. That's. I mean, I was never <laughs> certainly at the level, and she's an international, uh, you know, treasure. Yeah, I mean, she's certainly on the COVID side. I mean, they went COVID zero, like China. Um, and, They're an island. And they, yeah. So and then they had, but they chose to get the right vaccines when the time came. Yeah. But yeah. her and there's an election coming in the fall. She's been there five and a half years. You know, on the on the surf. I, I'm I must say that looking at it, it she probably wasn't going to win again. They have a very complicated system down in New Zealand. It's a it's a um uh you know not first past the post. It's you know, so uh, she probably wasn't going to win again, uh, and I think she kind of knew that. So I'm not saying she's a liar for you know deciding. I'm going to come but, at it from a different but, way. But woman, having been a politician, but having been a politician, and the abuse you get, like what EB was getting yeah. yesterday, uh, in front of his, you know, this is the kind of stuff that is exhausting. It really is exhausting, and you wonder to yourself all the time when you're in office and you're getting that kind of abuse, no matter who you are. Um, do I need this in my life? You know, people asking questions, prying into your personal life. You know, I'm going to go so one up from it's, that. It's brutal. That, that when you have lived it, uh, you mentioned David Eby, he's living it, but a woman yeah. lives it harder. Yeah. A woman journalist has it harder than a male journalist. A woman politician has it harder than a, a mm-hmm. male politician. And looking at her announcement and how brief, like she's out like in two weeks, she's like, this will be over by February 7th. But looking at her make the announcement, all I could think was, she doesn't look well. She looks like tired. Her her physical yeah. appearance, but thin, thin and fr- like she's a vibrant, powerful, small but vibrant and powerful woman, and she just looks like the tank is empty. Yeah, like she, she cannot can't go fight. Eighteen she hours a day, longer. working for five years now. When did COVID start? She's been basically, you know full on for three years, you know, and, and no, no four, yeah. chance. And now going into an election, which is the hardest job, you know, that's a full, that's a 24 hour day job. You don't, you know, four hours of sleep at night right. if you're lucky when you're running for that kind of level. So you're sure she's thinking going, do I need this in my life? Right. <laughs> like, no. and I've got a guy I want to marry, you know, you know, so, right. uh, you know, I, you know, and five and a half years as prime minister, I leave on a high, it's a good way to go. And you, you know, get, I mean, politicians generally don't know when to leave. Um, the sad punctuation here, though, for for me, and mm-hmm. I felt this way when you left politics, as you know, I respect you and our political leanings are maybe not completely aligned, but we find our moderate middle. Mm-hmm. Um, you're smart and you're active and you're you're a good person. And, mm-hmm. and when I look at people who are smart and active and good people, even if I don't politically lean into everything that they stand for. We need people like that, like you, like that. And, and I think David Eby's doing a hell of a job already just trying to, you know, unpack the Pandora's box. But eventually, when we look south of the border and we see George Santos and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, these people are on, like, significant, uh, what do they call them, councils or whatever, uh-huh. oh, yeah, the well, committees, yeah. committees. Mm, it's, a lot of power. We, we could find ourselves very quickly in a place of chaos if we don't have good people um it's true and it's hard to get in politics it. it is hard i wouldn't do it, do it. I, I get that all the you time get, are, you a, running you, for, are you running for it no yeah. it's really good money no. too <laughs> canada not such good money uh no. anyways yeah we're out of time anyway oh God, look at that 
So, you know, okay. kudos to Twitter. her. So, tw- Twitter. Oh, underscore George. George. Underscore. <laughs> Affleck. You go at George underscore Affleck on Twitter. At Jody Vance on Twitter. Unspunpodcast.com is where you uh, click. Add your email. Get this lovely podcast in your inbox every single Thursday. Thank you to Curve Communications for doing that, George. Peace out. Bye.